Together we pray. Come Holy Spirit. Lord, we give you permission to do whatever you desire to do. Make our minds, hearts, and souls fertile soil that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Illuminate these scriptures for us, the great mysteries of the faith. Reveal to us the face of Christ and the Father. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Depart from me, you are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. The last three weeks, the last three Sundays, the church has been putting forth before us, as we've mentioned, readings that are focusing on, on the end, on our, our time when, when we will die and meet the Lord face to face, and, and then on the end, when the Lord will come back again. And she's doing this because this is the end of the liturgical year, right? We go next week, it's, it's a new year for us. We begin with Advent again, the hope and the longing for the coming of Christ, His first coming, and now we look forward to His second coming. So there's this beautiful, sober awareness that the church is continuing to remind us, like, have in your mind that we are not made ultimately for this world, that we're made ultimately for heaven. And that the reality of the last things, like we will die, we will meet the Lord, there will be judgment, and then heaven and hell. And I don't know about you, these two passages, right? Come you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom, prepared you from the foundation of the world, and depart from me, you are cursed. Like, there's one of them I would rather hear when I meet the Lord, right? I think all of us. There's, there's... And so... As we've mentioned the last couple of weeks, it's like, why, why are we doing this three weeks in a row? I think because it's very easy for us to get lost in the busyness of the world and to have our eyes, what is, what is right there immediately in front of us and be thinking about the things here before we're thinking about the things of heaven. But only when we think about the things of heaven first do the things in this world enter their proper perspective and that we can see them rightly. And it is not something that we, again, should be thinking about the reality like heaven and hell with undue fear. And I want to read the end section of these two passages to help us understand this. Jesus says, Come you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. The kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Elsewhere, at the Last Supper in the Gospels, Jesus says, I go before you. I am going before you to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you also may be. So that where I go, I will take you to myself. The desire of Christ 
The whole reason he took on our flesh and died on the cross is to reconcile us to the Father. To heal the wounds caused by sin. And to open up the doors of heaven for us. But he longs for it more than we could ever desire. And and that very fact, that very fact, cast out any undue fear. Because Jesus reveals to us who the Father is. With a heart full of mercy and compassion and a desire, a longing and a passion for us to be with him forever. So again, the, the disordered fear, the undue fear... The false image of the Father that we may have is wanting to press his thumb down upon us. It is, it is broken. It is broken at the, the cross because Christ reveals to us the face of the Father. And then it says, right, depart from me, you are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels, right? It's prepared for the devil and his angels, not for us. It is not God's desire that we're separated from him forever. But the truth is is that it's a possibility if we do not say yes to him and persevere in that. It is something that we have to have. It's something that we don't like to think about. It's something that sometimes folks will be like, oh, no, 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 like, it's okay. But if we don't have this sober awareness, then it puts us in this place where there's a spiritual danger where we're just like, no, everything is okay. That's not what is coming out of the mouth of Jesus. He is merciful. That is why he died on the cross. But we have free will, and we must say yes to him. Today, the feast of Jesus Christ, the King, reminds us that when it comes down to what is right and wrong, what is good for us and what is not good for us, on a natural level and on a supernatural level especially, we do not get to decide. But it is a common a common mindset that we have today. We live in a culture of relativism. We live in a culture of relativism, and whether we realize it or not, it affects us because we're imbibing it all day long. And so we begin to think that I can make judgments about what is right and wrong above God himself. Brothers and sisters, we cannot. (laughs) We are not the Lord. So this sober humility... And this gratitude that, Lord, you have given us the truth of who you are and who we are. And so we don't need to go in search of it. And we don't need to go figure it out on our own. We just need to receive what you have given. Yes, we have to actively cultivate, right, understanding that. But to receive what the Lord has given And then when we find ourselves in sin, particularly in grave sin, we just run to his mercy. This is the beauty of the sacrament of reconciliation is like, until we die, the Lord is like, you just keep coming back. Just keep coming back. And just keep coming back. Full of mercy. Because why? Because he longs for us. Because he has prepared a place for us in the heavenly kingdom. And he wants nothing more but to us to enter there with him. 
And as we're, we're approaching this, we have to have this understanding. I think sometimes we realize, okay, well, well, don't do these things, which is important. There are certain things that we should not do. And if we commit grave sin, then we need to come to reconciliation and to receive the Lord's mercy. But also, Jesus is clear here that, right, the love of God and the love of neighbor are one and the same. Like how we treat our brothers and sisters, and especially the poor, has eternal consequences. Those who entered into the fullness of heaven, they were like, Lord, when did we see you hungry? When did we see you thirsty? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And it's like, whatever you have done for the least of my brothers and sisters, you have done to me. Mother Teresa used to call this the five-finger gospel. You did it to me. In reference to Christ. As St. John says, we cannot say we love God who we don't see if we don't love our brother and our sister who we do see. So love, like if the love of the Lord within us is real and true, then it manifests itself. It needs to manifest itself in the love of our brothers and sisters and not how we desire, but how God desires. And it is, as we mentioned the last couple of weeks, takes this reforming, this transforming of my heart. This transforming of my mind to see him and to love him rightly. Today, the feast of Christ the King. Let us lay down our crowns. Let us recognize where our focus is too much on the things of this world. We have to be engaged vigorously in building up the kingdom of God on this earth. We live in incarnational faith, not in the clouds, but incarnational. But when we put the things of this world above the things of heaven, then, then we, we seek something here that we cannot find, and we turn things upside down. We cannot actually love our brothers and sisters well. We cannot love our spouses, our children, our friends, the poor, our country, you name it. We cannot love them rightly, and we cannot love them well if we do not love the Lord. And we cannot love our Lord if we do not love our brothers and sisters well. They are together. But the Lord has primacy because everything flows from there. Today on the Feast of Christ the King, we examine ourselves. Where are my eyes? Where is my heart? Am I aware of the reality that I will meet the Lord face to face? Where do I need to ask for forgiveness and mercy to love the Lord more, to love my brothers and sisters more? That when I do see him, that when I do see him, I will be among those, that we will be among those that he says this to. Come. Come you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Thank you for listening. The ministry here at Christ the King is made possible through our generous donors and golden givers. If you would like to learn more or partner with Christ the King on LSU's campus, please visit ctklsu.org.